There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Alrighty, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Woke Man series. A sub-series of the Feeling Alive podcast is the greatest case study on man. We're figuring out what it takes for men to go from unconscious to conscious behavior in themselves and find more wholehearted, uh, I guess a more wholehearted approach to life. And I'm here with my brother, Jake Loretto. How are you, bro? I'm good, brother. Thanks I'm glad to have you here, man. Podcast. Yeah, wow. welcome, bro. You know, funny thing is, is before we get started, is like my how when I first met you was actually through a uh, what your Luke and your first um, workshop, breath workshop. Yeah, yeah. That was so that was wild. A couple of years ago, eh? Yeah, yeah. That was literally our first sort of dive into the group group work, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good little. Good little group session. It was quite powerful. Yeah, me and my um my partner now we were both there, and it was like a profound experience for me. Like, I mean, there was twelve there, but it was just eruptions of emotions and healing. And I mm. guess we'll get into like what you do and 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 whatnot in this interview. But it was just a. Uh, I remember having like a profound amount of respect for you at the end, you and Luke, for just going. I'm so grateful that you guys do this work to help people heal mm. and find their best selves and hearing your story which we were about to delve into hearing your story in that moment was like fuck dude like you were not like this before and mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see your journey and i'm and i'm grateful to share it yeah thanks brother all right man so quick fire, quick fire rounds so the first question here is where did you grow up and where do you live now so i was born in perth mm-hmm. um Lived in sort of the Fremantle area until I was. You look well, a bit Fremantle. Yeah, I am <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese, mate. Portuguese, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I was there probably till I was about five or six, I think. Yeah. And then we actually moved down to Injera, um, Oh yeah, down near Mandra. Lived there yeah. for a couple of years, and I've been in Mandra ever since. So yeah, yeah I've been here for yeah twenty eight years, yeah, and well, I love it here. It's great. And you and you we were just talking before you were about to take off to Denmark for a yeah. six month period, eh? 
down yeah, south. Well, we had an opportunity line up to look after someone's house down there for six months. And yeah. It's going to be know, wicked, felt, man. I felt, yeah, it's going to be so good. I felt pulled down there for a long time. And um, as we said, you know, some things in life don't go your way, but other doors open. So yeah. we're, gonna, we're excited to take, um, take it on board and just go on a bit of an adventure. Yeah, man, that's going to be cool. Um, next question, what do you do for a living right now? So what I do for a living is uh, my main source of income uh, is I've always done security installations, so alarms and cameras and so forth. Yeah. I've done it for 17 years. So wow. um, mainly do that. Um, but I'm also pairing that with my breathwork. So I do breathwork groups, uh, breathwork individuals. Oh, yeah. um, and we also, me and my partner, we have an organic day spa mm. um, in Mandra. And... and that's uh, yeah, that keeps us going. So, okay. yeah, and and you're yeah. and you're also a, um, a new father as well. So you definitely got your yeah. hands full. Yeah, being a new dad, uh, it's all a lot of learning going on there, brother. I can tell yeah. you that. Good on uh, you, man. Yeah, we couldn't ask for a better child, to be honest. Like, yeah, he's amazing. Well, you know, she's got a good father, fussy. that's for sure. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Um, yeah, so many compliments just getting thrown around. Yeah, this, is, this is the best. This is the best podcast I've ever. This is done. the compliment show. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's one thing you're really good at, bro? One thing I'm good at, um, I would say, working, working not people out, but assessing a scenario in a room mm. and. Wow. And energetically and emotionally sort of adapting to that sort of scenario and whatever's wow. going on in that room. Wow, um, okay. Like being able to take, if it's quite a high-intensity room, being able to just take that in and stay within myself and not wow. be overwhelmed or underwhelmed or, yeah, yeah, quite able to hold neutrality quite well. Wow, that's really cool, man. So, like... um yeah, just reading, like reading characters, reading the energy of someone or something. Yeah, just... And then holding your people, space. Yeah, not letting too many people and the scenarios that are going on be able to affect who I am too much. Wow. Um, yeah, that's... Oh, that's a but practice. That's taken a lot of, that's taken a lot of work. Yeah, I was going to um, say, that's I definitely a practice. Be, yeah, that's a lot of breath work to be able to hold that space, so... Wow, that's cool, man. Uh, next question, what's your biggest fear? Biggest fear? Probably, <laughs> you won't probably believe this, but probably still doing this sort of stuff um, mm. in the sense that it's taken me a long time to be or enjoy who I am as a person mm. and be confident enough in myself and have self-esteem um, and using my voice. My voice has always been a, I guess, something that's held me back over the years. And mm. been probably over the last year, um, I've had the biggest growth in that department. Mm. Um, that's probably one of the biggest fears. And also, just um, I'm a freedom fighter, and I like to have my freedoms. And mm. don't like it when I see things happen happening in the world where I notice freedoms being taken away. 
Mm. I wouldn't say it's so much of a fear. It probably brings up more emotion in the sense of anger or, um, yeah, those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, okay. So, like, your your fear here is not being able to be free within yourself and, like, expressing, like, getting on camera yeah. and, like, allowing to just be yourself and, like, obviously this is going to go on the internet. Yeah. Um, going to go on a podcast. It's going to be, you're yeah. going to be seen. Seen, definitely. Yeah. And just yeah. making... Um, you know, mistakes, being hard on myself. I've always been hard on myself. Um, And just like I've always had a thing where I haven't been able to access, and I know this is just a story, but I haven't been able to access the information that I want to portray out into the world um, very fluently. Um, So when I do these sorts of things, there's no editing, there's no going back, there's no, you know what I mean? So it's always a, a thing with regards to just making mistakes and and having Accepting people that. see these mistakes and me yeah. not being perfect. So. Yeah. Wow, that's an interesting one, man. I respect mm. that. I appreciate that. And I think that's a big fear among a lot of people. For yeah. Sure. Well, I'm glad we can nut that one out because you're doing great. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Yeah. Uh, more compliments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next one. What's your favorite quote? Favorite quote. Mm. I like the old, uh, I think it came out of the Bible, actually, where treat others how you want to be treated. Mm. That's a big that? one for me. Yeah, that's so true, eh? Big one. I, I literally live by that um, mm. all the time. I don't, I don't try not to my, my best. Obviously, everyone's got their ego and thing, and your, your emotional body gets annoyed and sad at certain things, but... I just, I will treat anyone with respect mm. until proven otherwise, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I expect the same back from people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Mm. Uh, what is a conscious man to you? A conscious man to me be someone who's just real, mm. um, you know, as real and authentic as they possibly can be without without being, I guess, knowing their strengths and their weaknesses yeah. and also being willing to, to grow mm-hmm. and push the limits of where they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a conscious man is. Mm-hmm. And being able to take in information that's happening around the world or in their lives and use discernment and have a bit of mm-hmm. presence to take that in and make the decision based on what's happening inside of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is, it, is their reaction going to be mm-hmm. no, and the answer no, but is that because of fear that's inside of you? Is that the best thing to actually do? Mm-hmm. Or um, is the answer yes because you know that that answer is the safe way? Yeah. Just about discernment um, and coming back to the quote, treating people how you want to be treated. Yeah, I think that's spot on, man. There's so many, like, it's interesting because that's a character that not many of the people I'm interviewing were in their original days, you know, their, mm. the OG unwoke days. It's like totally. they were, yeah, and so it's really cool to see what it means to be a man because I don't think we would have understood that question a little while ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one, what's one thing that challenges you right now? 
I would say my little girl. Mm-hmm. It's always a challenge. It's a, a little, beautiful a challenge. month-old baby girl. Yeah, yeah, a little. We called her Sunny. So mm, we beautiful. tried to give her the energy of a word that you know would yeah. just she'd be able to grow into. Yeah. And um, it's just always a challenge because they're always changing. Um, it's a beautiful. Like I said it's a beautiful challenge. She's amazing. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But it's just like, especially when they're at this young age, mm. when it's very much about the mother because mum breastfeeds and, mm. um, you know, spends most of the time with her and yeah. baby wants mum a lot of the time. So it's like it's not, a, it's not a rejection or anything, but it's more of a I'm just waiting. I'm yeah. waiting for that time for her to be like, wow. You know, really want dad. And this this has been happening over the last couple of weeks. Like I would leave the room and now she starts to get a little bit upset. And oh, as bad as that is, it sort of makes me feel a little bit like, <laughs> totally oh, wow, well, she, she, she actually enjoys spending time with me. Deep down, you're just like, yeah, you hear that, baby? You hear yeah, that? She wants yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I yeah, feel it's, you though, dude. That's an interesting yeah, point. Yeah. It's a very yeah, interesting point. It's, 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 you know, but it's always challenging because, you know, sleep-wise and mm. um, just the navigation between mother and father, responsibilities, and people, we need our own time, and, yeah. and, but we've also got to help each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. probably the biggest challenge at the moment. It's a worthy one. Uh, what's unconditional love mean to you? Oh... I think acceptance mm. is pretty much one word, acceptance, you know. That's yeah. what more could it be? It's so, it's so true because it's like the conditions are, are non-acceptance. Absolutely. Right? Like There's I love you that... based on this, 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 but I don't accept you until they're ticked. Those boxes Correct. are ticked. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. that, that word unconditional is a big, that's the word. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's with nothing, nothing attached. That's just yeah. you. Be completely you, and I will just love you for that. Yeah, and it's a very hard thing to do, mm. especially when all of our stories are inside of us and mm. and getting triggered all the time. So. Yeah, yeah. Respect that. Uh, last question, bro. In the quick fire, number nine. Do you believe in a greater power, and what does that mean to you? I do believe in there's something bigger, bigger playing out in the universe. Um, what that is, I don't know. Um, are we all the universe? Are we just a, mm. um, a mirror of the universe? I don't have those answers. Um, but I do feel like um, the key to evolve in this world is very much about healing our wounds, healing our bodies from all of our stories. And I think once we start to get on that journey, and start to heal our past traumas and our ancestral traumas, we start getting closer and closer to whatever, whatever that is, whatever mm. that source is, whatever that God is, whatever it is for everyone mm. out there. Um, I think once we, once we get on the healing journey, all we do is just get closer and closer. Yeah. Fuck, that's a good point, man. Now, I mean, speaking of healing, let's get stuck into the main questions, bro. So... <laughs> We'll get a little bit real and we'll get a little bit raw here. I know you're capable of that, but um, this is obviously going to be 
painting a beautiful picture for those who are yet to explore this path. So the first question, my man, is what did your life look like as unwoke and what's it look like now? Right, so me as an unwoke individual, um, I was always grew up, as we said before, with self-esteem issues, um, rejection issues. Um, you know, I would never put myself out there to try something new. Even though I was relatively good at sports, I would never push the limit of where I could could potentially have gone because I didn't want to be rejected from not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, getting girlfriends and so forth, I would always let them get close enough and then just start fights to keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. Same thing, being fear of getting rejected, fear of them seeing who I am, um, you know, just protection mechanisms. I've had a lot of anxiety, um, especially growing up having mild anxiety, but not really knowing what that was. Mm. So it makes sense to me the needing to push people away or keep them at a distance. With mm. anxiety, if you, if you jumble up the words, you get the words any exit. So huh. anyone that has anxiety always needs an exit. Holy shit, always, that's so always good. Always an exit strategy. Um, and that's basically because you don't feel safe. This comes down to safety. And my exit strategy was always run, always, always running. So, um, you know, I met my partner when I was 27, I think, 26. And we were already housemates for uh, probably six months before that. So we knew each other quite well. Mm. Um, we were good friends and we decided to take it a bit further. And um, during that journey, I, once I started falling in love with her, uh, all my insecurities started to come up. So. So me as an unworked man, I'm, I'm just a ball of uptightness, fears mm. of rejection. My mates would go out and not invite me and I would be questioning, oh, why don't they like me? Wow. You know, why wasn't I invited? Just, just, it just kept happening. And um, it got to a point, man, where I just started having full-blown panic attacks one night. I was just vomiting everywhere. Um, had never had this before. You know, I was always going out with my mates, partying, having, you know, what I considered good times and uh, playing sport, getting, I was never the best player, but I was getting paid to play, playing at the highest level in Western Australia besides the, obviously, the... Glory. Um, yeah, the National League. So, you know, I... I didn't know what a panic attack was, but every time I would go out on the soccer pitch, I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat all day. I wouldn't eat breakfast. I wouldn't eat lunch. I'd go there with an empty stomach because I was, my stomach was so tight from nerves that I couldn't, Shit. I couldn't eat. But then, again, none of this sort of Clicked made in. any sense to me. I just thought it was normal. And then all of a sudden the tipping point is just one night I just started getting panic attacks and that was the start of my journey to waking up mm-hmm. because that those panic attacks turned into 
full-blown nervous system mm. melt meltdown. I was having um, like panic attacks all day. I was fully depressed. I was crying all day. I couldn't leave my house. I would open the door and I could not step outside of my house because it was just too overwhelming. My whole body would be shaking. Um, and it was, this happened for like weeks. It was probably like, you know, four weeks, I reckon, until I finally started being able to get myself out of this rut. Um, and this, but this happened for quite a long time over probably, oh, I'd say probably a year and a half. Okay. So I would get better, but I would just have my eyes above the water, like mm. any sort of stimulus, um, nervous wise. I'd be straight back down in depression and anxiety and couldn't leave my house. Um, Shit. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty hectic time. So then you went on that journey, obviously, yeah, through that whole period of like healing and we'll get into that in a bit. But it's like yeah. now it's like on the other side of that, you're pretty much like, we're, like I mean, you can see the different character here now. Mm. Like you're able to commit to people. There's a lack of, there's a lesser feeling of rejection in there and yeah. you have an awareness of people in your room. Like you have self-awareness and awareness of mm. others. You accept mm. yourself and accept others. Like mm. is there anything else that I'm missing there? But like that's basically it, right? Like it's a complete yeah. 180. Absolutely. I'm just a lot more, ne- I, I don't like the word neutral, but I, I don't get affected by a, stimulus very much in, in that sense when it comes to emotions Shit. that's um, saying a lot I, of coming from coming from a man yeah. who had like deep panic attacks right absolutely like oh even just the thoughts of um so i would have a friend's wedding come up and i'd be mm. having panic attacks about going to a wedding mm. now before this i i've been to heaps of weddings i'd traveled europe with my mates but then i'm this guy who couldn't even step outside of my house mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a full nervous system meltdown. It mm. was it was just craziness, craziness. Bar, and bro. looking back at it now, though, it was literally the best gift I was ever given. Um, but at the time, if someone had said, look, I'll make you feel better if you like, chop off your arm, I would have been like, please, which wow. one or both? Because yeah. it, was, it was that bad. I was... Got pretty close to checking out. I was thinking of ways to to leave this uh, leave this place mm. because it was just so much struggle over over yeah quite a long time. Mm. Um, you know, a year and a half for someone with anxiety and depression, full blown. It feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. It feels like because you're just in your head all the time, analyzing, going, "Am I going to be safe? Am mm. I going to be safe? What's going to happen when I get here? What's this? What's that? What's that?" And it's just, you know, it's a prison. It was, it was, it was torture. It really yeah. was mental, physical torture. Mm. Yeah, I feel you. So mm. in that period <clears throat> when you were, you know, obviously had the unwoke period, what was your biggest vice or dependency or addiction? Did you have one? I would say, um, did you say unwoke? Yeah. Yeah, I would say Probably the need to be liked. Mm. So you were dependent on other people's like uh, opinions or? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's what would get me through. Um, so you would do things to please others? Absolutely. And put myself last. 
Yeah. Shit, dude. Is that still something yeah. that's now, or is there nah. like another vice? Have no, you got no. what's your current <laughs> vice? Have you got one that's like sort of like triggering you at the moment? Um, my current vice is probably the thing I'm working on is pushing through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind still has a very big procrastination aspect to it. Yeah. Where it can put things off. Okay. Um, quite easily. So these are the things I'm I'm working on now. So I've started running a lot, and I notice this a lot in my mind when I'm running, and my mind's like, "Oh, just stop. It's it's okay. You can stop now. We'll just run tomorrow. You're okay." And I'm just all I've got is David Goggins in my head, like, "Stop being a little bitch." <laughs> Seriously, that's what comes in my head. I'm just like, "I'm not stopping." <laughs> And then it comes in waves and then you feel good again and then you keep running and then it's like, oh, man, just look, Fuck. you got a stitch. you got a stitch and, you know, wow. just walk. You just get, you'll walk tomorrow. You'll be fine. You'll go for another run. And then Goggins pops in again. He's like, pain is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fucking it's Goggins, like, man. Yeah. Fucking Goggins. <laughs> he scares the so, shit but, out of me, eh? Oh, man. <laughs> man. But, uh, yeah, that's the things I'm... Yeah. I'm working now. Does so, that show up in like, you know, you say procrastination or like does it show up in like dependencies for distractions like phones and, and anything like that as well or um, not as much, more so just the mind shutting itself down? Yeah, it does show up in phones. It, yeah. more, it more shows up in things I know I should be doing better yeah. or should be doing more and because it probably takes a little bit of effort, Mm. I'm taking the easy road a little bit too much. Mm. So okay. yeah, that's more the, the way I work. I've, I've always done that. I've always taken the easy road. Yeah. But I, sometimes I, uh, I feel like you need to push yeah. and to make things happen. Yeah, Even though taking point. the easy road, I've had a lot of amazing things happen to me by not pushing too it's hard. Like knowing, it's like knowing when to push, hey? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I get you on that whole mind mental game thing though, because like I, for ages there, I, you know, I had the cold water, started the cold water club in Perth. So I'm like mm. all about the cold and all about the ice baths and shit. And, and, you know, I was doing the Wim Hof course and stuff, but now I get into like the ice bath down at the gym here. And if I'm by myself, my mind goes, I don't like this. Let's get out. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and it's like 30 seconds. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you're, doing, you're used to doing like, three minutes at like four degrees and it just wants to quit and sometimes i let it sometimes Mm. i let it until someone is around me when someone's around me or someone's in that area i'm like no and i think it's me trying to put on a um an image to say i've got my shit sorted that's been one of the big things that i'm working on i've got my shit sorted so like if i don't quit it means i've got my shit sorted yeah um but but i mean deep down we're all still going through shit we're all still struggling and we I think the conscious man is aware of the shit and is aware mm. that that is not his true self. Mm. Hey. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm on and that even if they you. do express themselves in a way that you would consider not a conscious man, I think they can, they have the ability to look back on the situation and go, all right, yeah, I did, didn't handle myself the best. I apologize. I, I apologize. Yeah. Or um, they can see that their mind is, you know, as Goggin says, being a little bitch. <laughs> they can start to have that dialogue going, okay, 
Yeah. I'm noticing what's going on here. I'm not just, you know, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Noticing why aren't you doing that? Asking those sorts of questions. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Goggins, man. Like I was, um, <laughs> I was. I think I didn't read. I haven't read his book, but I was listening to all his podcasts when he came out on all those podcasts. And like, yeah, some of the stories he was telling, man, where. And, and I just was like, I was just like, dude, you're not normal. That's not okay. That's not safe. I don't like that. And all my excuses were coming up of like, no, 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 no. But then deep down, I'm just like, bro, good on you. Like to say when we're going to quit is when yeah. we're 40% at our capacity, right? Yeah. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. That's yeah. phenomenal. And but I've, and I've yeah. noticed that with my running, you know, I'll get yeah. to, you know, a few Ks and I'm like, oh man, I'm so tired. My legs are sore. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then I can run another like you know four k's after that. Yeah. It's just this, it's just this thing saying, "Oh, yeah. this is getting hard. Just, just stop." Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I think like I go, "What if I change the foot, the the association to this pain and say that this pain is actually like." imagine like being the same like pleasure as like sex or as like mm. you know whatever drugs doing drugs and i say like how can i switch that internal dialogue mm. to say this is good for me this is good for me mm. and, like, i've tried that a few times hasn't really worked but like <laughs> working on it hey, <laughs> gotta try, try these things eh? <laughs> exactly right. you're like oh yeah that doesn't work it still hurts <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so we'll get, get going, man. <laughs> really, it's question two. But so question three is talking about the, the emotions that challenge you most. We've already talked about anxiety mm. um, and maybe a little bit of fear there. But there's five emotions that I've written down that genuinely are, pop, are, are generally popular among men and that, that their journey, which is anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger. Which one of those challenged you most on your journey? Can you repeat those again? Anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger. I would, I would say fear had the biggest impact on me because I, I think a lot of anxiety comes from yeah. fear itself. Yeah. Um, cool. And, yeah, like I said, the anxiety and the fear that I went through and the journey I went on to literally find something that was going to bring me back to normal because I mm. didn't consider myself normal. I, I literally couldn't do anything that I used to do and I was looking for everything. So I was the an anxious person on Dr. Google looking for everything. I did hypnosis classes, uh, so many things that I, you know, my, my, my brain's not working right now for mm. all of them, supplements, all sorts of stuff motions potions lotions and nothing worked man and that's where i feel like a lot of people lose their hope and i think once you lose your hope that's when a lot of um suicide starts because mm. people go well look there's no way out of this and this is this yeah. is the only way out you know um yeah. so fear fear for me is definitely Definitely the, the a big, big one. one. Yeah. Was that, yeah. did you associate that to something in your past or like a condition that you had experienced growing up? Um, I, I feel like a lot of our stuff we do collect in our life from our childhood, but I, I'm a strong believer in we also get um, 
survival mechanisms passed on through generations from our family. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just makes sense. Like, what, if, what does that mean? What does that mean? Can you explain? So, that? so say for instance, your um, grandma went to school and she started speaking in public, and she was looking forward to her talk. Gets up, gives her presentation, and completely balls it up. Mm. Completely stuffs up. Everyone laughs at her. The teacher goes, "All right, go sit down. That was terrible." So. With all that, I guess, shame that's come over her or, you know, fear of not presenting what's just been um, what she wanted to present, Mm. she would have had heat in the body. She would have tightened up. She would have had all these, that big ball of emotion that come up stuck in her body. That's now a survival mechanism. So what happens is she, when she goes to have a child, it will pass that on to the next child so that the child doesn't go through the same issues that she went through with um, speaking in public. Mm. But that just turns into, for the next child, I'm just not even going to speak in public because it's too much around it. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, totally, dude. And so does, and that, does that pass on when you say generational? How does that pass on to, say, that was your great auntie? How does that come forward through to you? I, feel, I don't feel like everything gets passed on. I feel like just with our looks, mm. we get certain aspects um, passed through DNA. Yeah. And that's why you can have two brothers and they're completely different personalities yeah. because they get different wow. aspects of the survival mechanisms that have been passed on through generations and generations. Yeah. And through the breath work, you can access these um, these emotions that you know potentially might not even be yours, mm-hmm. and you can start to release them from your entire ancestral line if you want to call it that. I mean, Wim Hof calls it, um, what does he say? He goes, You are healing the spirits of your family. Wow, so he calls them spirits that we carry, wow. which is you know, spirit is energy. Yeah, it's an totally. energy that we carry from our ancestors inside of us. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like a lot of people as well, when they have these, um, you know, past life experiences, it may just be this energy that they're carrying from an ancestor yeah. way back Yeah. that they're carrying and then they're integrating or they're connecting to. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I feel that, man. And, and I mean, that's I've experienced that directly in like reading certain things, and obviously having my own experiences through breath work. I definitely and and you know, I read a book called Molecules of Emotion, and uh, written by Dr. Candace Pert, and she talks about cellular memory and like mm. it is obviously there's so much to that the cell biology on a subatomic level that we just don't mm. comprehend at the moment. You know, maybe there is, maybe I haven't seen any recent studies, but like we're still learning so much and to th- I can understand what exactly what you're saying based on my own experiences and based on the knowledge that I have. Yeah. So I, I completely resonate with that for sure. So, yeah, awesome. um, I mean, so, so growing up as, you know, young Jay, like, did you, whose love did you crave most growing up and, and who did you have to be to get it? Um, 
I would say, because I got brought up in a, basically from the age of four, single mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad sort of wasn't really around. So there's, I think that's where a lot of my rejection, fear of rejection and stuff came from mm. growing up. And so my looking for that love was what I was basically always searching for, mm. um, was a father figure. So my mum would have, you know, boyfriends over time and I would, I guess I would almost mould myself to try and get them to, take on that role, mm-hmm. but it would never really eventuate. It was never really what I was mm. looking for. So, yeah. How did you have to shift? Like when you say you mold yourself to get that, like what, what did that look like? Um, just changing my personality to try and be accepted. Yeah. Um, and again, even, even with that, that was... I would only go so far and let them in so far because mm. of that initial rejection that I've been carrying um, from an early age. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, I don't know if it's all stems from that. I think, yeah. I think it do, a lot of it does, but again, there's so much stuff we get passed on. Yeah. That, you know, we, we go through a lot of struggle where we have to put up our hand and go, okay, I'm, I'm going to start healing you know not just for me but for your child the ancestors and also so i'm not passing a lot of that stuff onto my child yeah you know yeah i agree Um, with that dude the the greatest thing we can do and through this process is just heal for the people to come hey oh absolutely because when i mean even just through our actions like if a lot of the guys that i'm interviewing uh, yeah just off the top of my head 100% of the guys that I've interviewed so far have all contributed those emotions in their life contributed them to something that's happened in the past and Mm. if you look at that they're showing up differently because of those emotions Um, and as soon as they heal them they release them and they act differently and they show up differently so what happens is, is when we do when we go and do the work like you like myself we show up differently then if if the person that we are now, not, we know that we can, we can condition someone based off our character, then if we're the best character, we're only going to condition, condition the best character. Absolutely. Hey, and so it's 100%. Like, yeah, we were doing this, it's much bigger than ourselves. Totally. For sure. And I've, I've always had a, since I went through all my stuff and started, first started breath work and started having these amazing releases, I was always like, I've got to do so much work before I ever bring a child into this world mm-hmm. because I don't want to pass any of that stuff, even oh, though you right. do, because you can never, if you, yeah, you can you're not, breathe. You're not the Buddha. No, you, got, <laughs> you know, I've got, got so far to go. Don't get me wrong. But, I, <laughs> but I've, I've released enough that I can go through society feeling, you know, quite stable Yeah, and, you know, I can, not pass on those really strong um, emotional uh, responses to my child. So. Yeah, dude, totally, man. I say the same thing, and Danielle mm. does as well. So we've got some work to do before we bring a child yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that's saying something. That's just like to people listening now, it's like, fucking hell, don't feel like we've got it figured out. We're still finding mm-hmm. our way. Uh, we've just come a long way. Hey. Yeah, totally. That's so, perfect. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about some 
some real nitty gritties. Take us back to like the lowest point in your life and like explain sort of what happened and, and was suicide ever a factor in your mind through that period? So hashing back to where, what I was talking about the panic before. Attack. Mm. Yeah. That, the panic attacks. I remember being in my, on my bed. Um, you know, I was 20. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure I was 26 and my partner was 21. So she was young and, you know, I felt like an, almost like an old man compared mm. to her. And I, I was always like, oh, she's got so much going for her. Um, just all the insecurities of, you know, you know, you should go out and you don't, don't look after me. I'm just holding you back. Um, you should go out with your friends and do all this sort of stuff. And again, looking back, that was probably a protection mechanism for myself again, mm, okay. um, not letting her in. And just that whole, you know, one and a half year period of getting panic attacks and, you know, crying all the time. It was one stage where I didn't eat for like, I think it was like nearly two weeks. Fuck. I was, yeah, because my, one of the biggest things for me was my digestion. So when I would get anxiety, my whole digestive tract would shut down. I literally, my throat would tighten. I couldn't put food in my mouth. What um, the fuck? Yeah, it was full on. I lost like, and I was a fit guy back then. I didn't weigh very much. I'm not a big guy. And I think I lost like seven kilos in the space of nearly two weeks because I was not eating. I was in full-blown anxiety and I was just like dripping with sweat all the time, body hot, couldn't sleep. It was just hectic. Mm. And then I would go, I would slowly build myself up. I would walk outside in the garden, do some like circles and just be dripping with sweat. And then I would, you know, manage to get in my car and I'd go to the shops buying like some dinner and just be walking through the aisles because I'd be pushing myself to get back to normal. And I'm like dripping with sweat down these aisles and everyone's just looking at me like, Holy who shit, is man. this guy? And in my mind's like, oh my God, everyone's thinking, who's this guy? <laughs> and uh, I would eventually get back to work and be working and just struggling through life. It was just like, mm. just struggle town. And then all of a sudden something else would come in, bang, straight back down, off work for another five weeks. And then I'd get claw myself back out of there over weeks and then bang, straight back down. And yeah, man, that was the toughest time. And after the last time, um, I was just like losing my mind. Yeah, it was just great. I was actually losing my mind. And I was, yeah, I was thinking, you know, I can't do this anymore. But then I'm like, you mentioned that before. You mentioned that before, right? You said like you're looking at ways to get out of this. Yeah. Like I was just get to that stage where you're like, I can't do it anymore. And I'm thinking of ways to end my life, but I don't want my family to find me. I don't want people that I know to, to see that. Um, and, you know, just trying to think of how, how can I do this? How can I do this? And mm. I still vividly remember it was um, I have to drive a car into a tree and then someone mm. else would find me. But then I'm also putting that onto someone else. Mm. So it was just this massive discussion going into my head. And, Shit, man. you know, I'm just grateful 
thankful that I was strong enough to hold on for as long as I did um, because it was, wow. it was deep, deep suffering. It was Far deep around. suffering. Yeah. I feel you, bro. That's, mm. man, I just, yeah, I get goosebumps when you talk about that. It, it's funny, though. It also shows your character. This is, mm. an, this is a really strange way to put it. Like, the fact that you even consider who would find you when you were to die, mm. like, it shows who you are deep down, your character, mm. you know, and I think there speaks volumes, man. Mm. Ironically, like, it's a very unusual situation to talk about that, like, to find your character yeah. in the moments of, like, death, yeah, yeah. but, like, dude. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I respect I mean, you even... for, for just being so real with that. Thanks, brother. I mean, it just shows my stubbornness of not wanting to... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> no, uh, you no. still got it in there, you wanker. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's funny. Um, no, I'm glad you. I definitely. I mean, yeah, I'm glad you did hang in there too, bro. And look, Thanks, was was there a significant moment of awakening in that, like, from mm. that, or what? What was that significant moment of awakening for you? So I, um, I remember I'm text. Um, don't know if you guys have heard of Tyler Tolman. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Juice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I sent and I don't know if it was him or one of his minions or what it was, but I'd done heaps of juice fasting, trying to get my anxiety down, heal my body, all sorts Wicked. of stuff. I basically sent them a message. I said, I don't need any more body healing. I need like a mental health healing. Is there anything you guys can help me with? And they got back to me and they said, contact this guy and his name was Michael Adamides and he was over East and Tyler uses him on his uh, juice fasts to oh. do breath work. Huh. And so I rang him up and I'm on the phone to him for like an hour, took an hour out of his time to just speak to me about breath work. And I'm crying on the phone and he's like, look, man, I've got a retreat over East three weeks. Holy um, fuck. It was a, yeah. It was a lot of money. And I didn't have any money because I was barely working. And um, as I said, I was looking for anything and everything that would help me. So I went home and I'm Googling. I don't know how breathwork didn't come up in the last nine years. I think I scrolled about a million pages, never showed up. <laughs> and yeah, I went, I went over, I flew over east. I was doped So you up found the money. The, you found the money. I, I had the money, but it was pretty much like nearly everything. all I had. Wow. Yeah, and my, I remember having family going, are you sure you want to do this? That's your money, like da-da-da-da-da. And I was just like, I'm going to try anything and everything to, to get me better. Um, so I paid it, and I was doped up on so much Xanax just over east. I was like walking through the plane like my eyes weren't even open because I just needed my nervous system just to be get me there. Um, and... First breathwork session, I had like crazy energy running through me. It's just my hands were all cramped and I'm like Whoa. this. And then all of a sudden I just started crying and all this cramping just went away and I'm just bawling my eyes out. I'm like, what is this? Like that is, that is crazy, crazy. Because to me this was all absolutely new to me. Um, and then the next day we woke up, we did another one. And I remember ringing my partner because it was such a big release, that one. And I'm like, I'm healed. I feel amazing. I'm like, I'm in doing all the dishes at this retreat. And I'm like, what? Eh, cracking jokes. And I'm like laughing. And 
all this sorts of stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm healed. Ring my partner. It's done. It's done. And then the next session, I was fucking. I was straight. I was probably the worst I'd been in a long time oh, after the fuck. next session. I was back down. It was like a little. But that was like the moment where I was. It was like, wow, I felt so good. Like yeah. from doing one of these sessions. Yes, there's a lot of work to do, but I was like, that's what I want to get back to. Wow. That's that's where I want to that's where I want to go. So that was a bit of a an aha moment where it's like there's this something is to this. Ne- this is what you need to do. Yeah. This is what you need to do. Shit, I got goosebumps, um, man. And so what yeah, that was that, a three week the three week retreat. Yeah, it was full on. It was called the Enlightenment Experience. So there was a it was like a week of breath work and meditation, a lot of learning as well. Yeah. Um, a week of Vipassana meditation. Holy and then, shit. Uh, actually, it was two weeks of Vipassana. And, an, and the last week was a juice fast and Vipassana. What the so, fuck? Yeah. So for someone who had serious anxiety issues, it was pretty heavy duty for me. Like I was Holy shit, dude. Was pretty, it, pretty, pretty was it full up. silent for the Vipassana or...? Um, noble silence, yeah. Noble silence. Holy shit. So you went from basically very, very much zero to like full bore into it. Yeah. <laughs> Does that still go, that retreat? Um, I don't think he does it anymore, no. Okay, I was going to say, that's full on. Yeah. But good on you, man. So that was... Yeah. So, it, I mean, that sort of leads into our next question. What's the, he- the healing? Was the healing a part of your journey? And mm. I would say that, yes, it was, but breathwork was the modality that you really found mm. the most. I mean, you did say you got juicing in there. You had fasting, like meditation, Vipassana meditation. Mm. Was there anything else? Um, I'll just rehash one thing, one story back, one question. Yeah, so there sweet. was another point, another point on that retreat that um, sort of blew me away a bit. It was a bit of a... Oh, okay, something's going on here. Uh, because again, I was going out with my mates. Well, before everything happened, I wasn't really open-minded to spirituality or yeah. the universe or anything like that. And funny enough, before I left, I remember seeing a quote somewhere where it said, "If you want something from the universe, you need to ask them a question, and they will answer for you." Whoa! And I, after that second breath work or third breath work when I was really bad it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was um couldn't sleep I'm just wide awake like just stimming shaking and all sorts of stuff and I remember asking the question I was like is this what I need to be doing is this going to heal me this is just in my head and can I can you please give me a sign and no word of a lie the other guy I was sharing room with spoke in his sleep and he said, shut up. Everything is going to be okay. Are you fucking kidding no, me? No word of a lie, man. That's just that's oh pretty, my. I got pretty epic. Full goosebumps, bro. Yeah. That right there. I like woke up and my anxiety went as soon as he said that. Like I got full goosebumps as well. My anxiety went and I fell asleep straight away. And I woke up in the morning and I like, I was just telling everyone. I was like, that is, that is just you know, I asked this question in my head. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a guy sleeping next to me and start talking, saying, you know, I know like, no shit. Like is the this what I need answer. to do? One o'clock in the morning, and then he just five seconds, man, just says that to me, and I just it so was he like says, I just what did had, he say? Shut up. It shut up. Everything's gonna be okay. In his sleep. 
Yeah. Oh my yeah. And, fucking And he told God. me before we were roommates that he speaks in his sleep. Oh my God, dude. This I, is crazy. So I wasn't freaked out about him speaking in his sleep. You I was just, just like, the, words the words and the timing. It. And I didn't hear him in any other time during that retreat um, speaking in his sleep. Mm, wow. <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah. that's, that's so those one of the craziest moments. stories I've ever heard, man. Yeah, it's pretty full. That's really, really cool. So yeah, that pretty, was the that cool. was the point we were just like, okay, and that led you to your path you're yeah. on now. Yeah. And now you're yeah. a breathwork facilitator. Funny enough, like you do, was yeah. it biodynamic breathwork that you were doing on that retreat? Um, it was just standard rebirthing, which is oh, yeah. um, which is pretty much laying down and just letting the breath sort of do the work. Yeah. Um, but I've also done a shamanic breathwork training. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, pretty much, and uh, yeah, biodynamic breathwork. I finished there training now as well so yeah, it's that's just a looking. part of my life now because it's just it saved my life and i know it can save so many others lives mm-hmm. um it's just such an amazing modality where you have the power within you to you don't need anyone else yeah that's the beauty of breathwork like i when i came back from that retreat i was breathing myself i didn't know any breath workers in perth mm. um you know, now there's a, there's a quite a few breath workers in Perth, but back then there wasn't any. So yeah. I would just um, put myself. One of the sessions we did on that retreat, <laughs> we did a breath work session in a forty degree spa <laughs> with a with a snorkel on, <laughs> with what? with goggles and nose clip and a snorkel. What the so, fuck? Yeah, full on breath work, man. So. And the, <laughs> it's supposed to stimulate different types of <laughs> different types of temperatures. I know, man. Different types of temperatures stimulate different sorts of emotions. So Fuck. after that one on the retreat, that was the biggest release. You're probably I, thinking, I, "Fuck I if my had. mates." You're probably thinking, "If my mates saw me now." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me guess, like you're in a one-piece uh, suit too, and I, uh, and yeah, oh, yeah, it's oh, pretty funny. Fuck. That's what and that's what you so, think sometimes, though. Hey? You just go, "Fuck oh, if my mate saw me right now." Totally, man. Totally. And uh, yeah, so I would come home and I would heat up the bath, and I would lay in the bath, and I would just do breathwork sessions in the bath, full Jesus power, Christ. just have full tetany in the bath, just like, oh and just my god, breathe myself to to who I am. Today. holy fuck yeah. is there any just, like is there any danger for anyone listening to this at home like doing it by themselves in like a hot pool like i'm thinking i might go to the hot pool and just do a bit of a breath breath sesh but is there danger to that obviously with like passing I mean, out there's, there's there's obviously danger in anything you do yeah that's true. um so you know that's you're true. the only you're the only you can be the only judge of that yeah, if someone okay. i wouldn't recommend it if someone hasn't done breath work before okay. just Go and yeah. have a few individual sessions with someone and then start dabbling in it yourself, not in a, yeah. in a hot spa or a cold spa or cold pool, whatever you want to do. Um, but for me, um, I was – sorry, I got people at my door. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, cool. Yeah, for me, my personality is just – full power <laughs> so yeah. i come home and i was like look i'm gonna get myself better the fastest way i know how so that's that athlete mind day eh? yeah it is man so i was cranking <laughs> up the spa as soon as i get in there i'm just like 
dripping with sweat and just start breathing so good on you all right well yeah. that's a disclaimer anyway if you haven't done it before don't yeah. go jumping in a hot yeah. pool unless you get your snorkel and your one piece <laughs> that's <laughs> so funny one piece. that's so good now, uh, so we've got a couple more questions there for the, the next question is about your friend group man so did that change much as you changed yeah 100 percent. that's yeah. the biggest thing that changed because again i was always the one trying to keep everyone happy yeah. um, trying to fit in with everyone i needed I needed a hundred friends and I needed to be accepted by those 100 friends. Mm. And now that I've grown within myself, that need is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I can very much be a very solitary person. Um, I still, I have some really good close friends. Um, and I still have a lot of friends, but that need for to be liked isn't there anymore. I mean, mm. they've seen me over my journey and they've questioned me many times about, you know, oh, why is Jake been weird? Why is he talking about this stuff? Mm-hmm. Why, what's going on there? And now I have them coming up to me and wanting to do breathwork session mm-hmm. and asking me questions because they can see how much I've actually changed wow. over time. You know? So you elevate. So as you elevate, they eventually elevate too. But it just yeah, it's absolutely. like a different timeline. Yeah, it's and, being and that. It's being that. Um, I guess instead of pushing, because it was a journey. Because I used to, when I first found breathwork, I was like, My, "You guys have got to try this. This oh, is yeah. amazing. You got to do this stuff." And you know, I grew out of that where I was like, "Oh, you know, I preaching." Don't, yeah, like stop doing it just be that person yeah and when i stop and i just let them see the changes that's when the questions came and that's when they started wanting to know a bit more dude that's so funny like the preaching part of it i think everyone goes through it um you're like yeah i mean i'm like i did i i i was specifically like that in in when I went plant-based and vegan and I'm just, I'm like, fucking, you got money problems? Go vegan. You got these problems? Go vegan. Now I'm just like, dude, I don't care what you do. And that's the point. I think it's almost like we're trying to validate. Well, also, we just love, we just love people so much and we want to see the best in them because we can see the best in ourselves too, you know? But yeah. it's all, it's all at their own, at their own will, hey? I think you're hitting nail on the head. That's what it was for me. It was like just wanting to, I think it was two things, wanting to help people, Mm. wanting my friends to do it because I know that I was struggling and saying, look, this thing works. It's amazing. But then also wanting to be them to understand Uh, what I'm talking about and not think that I'm weird. So it was. So to be seen properly. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That's a good point. Um, so what part of you, your conscious journey, you've got two questions there, what part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for, man? My suffering. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, that, was, that gives me amazing insight into other people, um, people's struggles. You know, I've had deep conversations with people who are suffering with anxiety and panic attacks and all these sorts of things, and everything I say to them, they're like, yeah, I get it. Like you, you understand what I'm saying. That's what I used to have. And then that sparks something in them through me being vulnerable and telling them my story. 
and them resonating with that and then them seeing me as this person now, it gives them that hope which they can then keep keeps them going on that path yeah. of of searching, you know. I didn't have totally. that hope. I had to find it myself. I had to, you know, it took me a long time. That's why I'm quite open about my story because I don't want people to have to go through all of that to find it. Some people have to. That's just that's the journey. Um, but where I can, I just want to give people that point them in that direction. So the suffering for me was the best gift I was ever given. Mm. You know, it's who I am today. I I wouldn't have my little girl. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't be. I'd still be a mess trying to run away from love and trying to run away from everything in life that felt uncomfortable sure. because I was, I was just the ball of anxiety. You know, mm. now I welcome it all. I put myself in situations that feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I'm just growing and becoming a better person from that time. Yes. But I couldn't see it at that time. Man. You never can at that Oof. time. Yeah, you got to, it's like a deepest level of faith, hey? It's, it it's like they say hindsight's twenty twenty because you would mm. never have fucking thought that that panic attack would have <laughs> served you. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, last question. What's one tip that you would give your old self who was just starting this journey? That's a tough one. Mm. That's a tough one. Because I don't know if I would have listened to it. <laughs> Dude, do you know what's funny? Yeah. That's not the first time someone said that on this on this series. Because yeah. I would have I would have said, trust in the process, everything's going to be all right. But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, because mm. you know I was I've always been quite a stubborn person. I'm letting a lot of that go now. There's still aspects there, obviously heaps of aspects of it, but. Uh, being in that position of um, having so much anxiety and all that sort of stuff, you just, yeah, I don't think I really would have listened yeah. until unless I went through all what I had, what I went through, you know, Far someone said, Oh mate, you got to, you should, you're, you've got a little bit of anxiety. You should go and do breath work and that sort of stuff. And, you know, I might've gone and done one or two sessions and, and left it at that. But because I had so much suffering that I've done a shitload of breath work, I know the power of it. Mm. I know where it can take an individual from being this person to that person. You know, and I know that a lot of people can do breath work and they might get to three, four, five, six sessions and they'll feel good. But until you get to that 20, 30, 40 mark, that's when you start noticing your yeah. personality change your fears change mm -hmm. and i wouldn't have listened to myself unless i went through that suffering so yeah that's yeah. such a good point man i don't think i would have either um, unless it was like an indian guru or something that was like mm. descended down into my like bedroom <laughs> as i was sleeping and like woke me up almost like a dream that dream that, yeah. that guy sleep talking you know unless it was like something significant like that i probably wouldn't yeah. have listened either yeah. Yeah. That's been beautiful, man. I'll tell you what, this has actually been one of my most favorite episodes for sure. That was Thanks, that was a, that was a some a really good story, man. 
Mm. And I'm glad that we Thank can share it. And yeah. I'm sure there's going to be actually, what I'm going to do is throw people's Instagram handles, like I'll throw your Instagram handle in the show notes when this comes out. And if people do resonate with this, obviously with whoever they're listening to, they can reach out. So I'm sure you'll get that happen. Thank you, brother. No worries, man. Thank you I for love sharing what you your do- I love what you're doing. Yeah, no, you're welcome, man. It's helping those men, eh? Absolutely. All right, brother. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and see you on the next one. Woke man, bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man. Wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be